Hey, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to send us your story by visiting our new website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. There was a man driving along the road and later he was involved in a car accident and with a car that was towing a horse trailer with a horse. Sometime later, it was time to claim his injuries and the police report was never filed at the scene. The lawyer then went to him and said, sir, you had this accident and you never said anything at the scene, you never filed a claim. Then, why all of a sudden now? He says, well, it goes like this. I was lying in the road in a lot of pain, and I heard someone say the horse had broken his leg, and he wasn't going to make it. Short time later, I heard a gunshot, and then someone walked up to me and said, are you okay? (laughs) Didn't claim it then. Didn't mean he wasn't hurt. Just a little scared. I bet there's a lot of people that walk around life here. They say everything's okay. They think everything's all right, or at least they say so. But really, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of hurt. I understand that when we talk about hope, there's people that may have walked into this room here today that hope is something that you haven't had for a long time. Underneath the smile and the seemingly everything is okay look, there's a feeling of hopelessness. I want to tell you today as we continue our series here, A Thrill of Hope, that there is hope for you today. I want you to know that it doesn't take much to just pick up a newspaper, turn on the news, and you quickly find that there's a lot of people that are seemingly without hope. You know, there are people that are hurting right now, not just out there and driving by our campus here today, but there are people that have walked into this very room, that you yourself are a single mom trying to make it work, or a single dad trying to make it happen. Maybe your marriage is going through some rough waters. Maybe you're a parent trying hard to blend two families, or maybe you lost a child, or lost a child to addiction. We have kids trying to survive and try to figure out life because a few days they're with mom and a few days they're with dad. There's a lot of hurt floating around. There's some still stung here this morning by cruel words someone might have spoken at school or at work. Maybe there are others hurting because it seems like they never measure up to somebody else's standards. Maybe there are others desperately trying to have a baby and can't understand why it's happening for others, but it doesn't happen for us. Why? Why? Maybe there's some of you that are tired of being alone, wondering why the one hasn't walked into your life. And still there are others battling physical sickness, and it just won't go away. Friend, I want you to know something. All those fall in line under the same grace and love of God there is available today. You see, life can hurt, and it can hurt often. 
Yes? That's the bad news. But my job this morning is not to bring you the bad news because many of you walked in understanding the bad news very clearly. I'm here to tell you the good news. And the good news is that there is an answer that is found in Jesus Christ. And that's not a cliche or a bumper sticker I want to read to you. In fact, it's the answer. Hope is the answer. Jesus is that hope. Friend, Psalm 62 verse 5 says, Yes, my hope finds rest in the Lord God. My hope comes from Him. I want you to look at that verse for a moment. I need you to understand something. That word hope, hope, the original word means accord as an attachment. Accord as an attachment. That word hope says that there's something else. That it's not just me. It's not just this moment. Hope says there's more. I'm attached to something else. And I want to offer this opportunity to you this morning that maybe, just maybe, there's an attachment to Jesus when we accept and understand that hope today. Jesus was our hope. Jesus is our hope. You see, the Hebrew term that I gave you there, that word hope, a cord or an attachment, every one of us are hanging on someone or something in life. You say, well, Pastor Tony, no, my only thing I'm clinging to is Jesus. If the only thing you cling to is Jesus, you have arrived. No doubt somewhere along the line, somehow, somewhere in your life, whether it's in your finances or your relationships, there's something that's still attached to something else. What we want to do is we want to disattach from the whole thing that the world has offered because it will fail you. The world will fail you. But only hold on and cling to the things that matter. Don't hold on to the things that can't carry that weight. The world cannot carry your weight. The world cannot carry your burden. Why? Because it was carried at the cross. It was carried on the way to the cross. It was carried way before he even went to the cross. He was whipped and beaten for you. And he came and he was born so you could have hope. I agree with Chuck Swindle when he writes this. He wrote this line. How parents raise their children will have a greater impact on society than the way they vote, the art they create, the books they read, and the technical problems they solve. Friend, I'm all for voting. I'm all for understanding the vote. But friend, every day, especially parents, I'm talking to you for a moment, every day that you're raising your kids are not just buying in, they're catching what you're doing. It's caught, not just bought. I want to tell you today how you as a believer and as a parent handle hope will be pivotal in your immediate family. You can tell some, you can tell a child they have hope or you can show them. And I guarantee you showing them hope means a whole lot more. There are times that I am schooled by my children. Times that my adult life has gotten to me. How many know what I'm talking about? 
adulting. That's a big thing now. That's a big word. It didn't come out till a few years ago. Hashtag adulting, right? Adulting means I got to start taking responsibilities, and that's what I'm doing. But once in a while, my adulting is a blind spot. Because Jesus said, unless I become as little children, unless we become as little children. What are children? Children don't pay as much attention to what is happening here as much as their imagination. And that imagination was given to us by a very creative God. That imagination he, he has given us has given us the chance to believe him when everything else falls apart. Are you with me? Believe and create and understand and dream and hope. Some of you have lost your hope because you've lost that childlike feeling of believing God again. Can I tell you something? You were born to have hope. And that's why Jesus was born for hope. He was born as my message title is today, born for hope. Jesus was born so that we again can restore the hope that God intended for humanity. How many realize when you look across your hand and you go, you go, there's a tear in the fabric. There's a tear in the fabric of humanity. And a lot of that tear has to do with how we handle hope. How many of you would honestly be honest with yourself and say, I've mishandled hope. God has offered me hope and I, there's times I just didn't believe. I think most of us would be there, right? I, I understand up here, but I just haven't, like it hasn't translated. I'm not doing anything that shows hope. I'm just believing it up here and it ends, it begins and ends here. And I never act on that hope. There are times, as I mentioned earlier, that my children, they kind of school me with hope. Because I'm like, man, I don't know. But God can, Dad. And then I'm like backpedaling like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's what I meant. You know, I can't, but God can. How many of your parents ever got out of that situation that way? Right? You're like backpedaling like, no, no, yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Write that down. I need to save that for later. My child just gave me faith. See, listen, what I love about the gathering of saints here together today physically that you can't get online, that you can't get over a podcast, that you can't listen over headphones is borrowed faith. When you don't believe, there's people around you that believe. Borrow some of their faith. That's where the gathering of the saints is so important. I don't believe. So what? Okay, still come because you can borrow some of my faith. I got a little extra. I baked a little extra faith this week. Y'all know about baking. It's Christmas season, right? I baked a little extra faith this week. Borrow some of mine. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about what the first family had to deal with. The first true family that endured the beginning of, not the beginning of the beginning, not Adam and Eve, but I'm talking about the beginning of hope. Because when Jesus was born, he was born for hope. So as we look at Matthew chapter 1, I'm not going to have all the verses on the screen. This will require you to open your Bible this morning. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. And the first few words reads like this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph but before they came together 
she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because she has conceived what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he is to save the people from their sin. Friend, born for hope. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him, everyone, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Last two verses, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary as his wife. He did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to the son, and he gave him the name Jesus. When we look at the story, we look at a character, and we often, um, we often realize that the biggest character in the story obviously is Jesus. The second biggest character that often is highlighted, thank you, is often Mary, right? But I want for a moment while we look at Mary's situation, and she was absolutely smack dab in the middle of this, right? I would venture to say that Joseph had a hand in this too. So let's look at Joseph for a few moments. When we talk about hope, Joseph had to believe just like Mary, and even so, some would even say more so, right? Because she was told by God or the angel, so to speak, right? And she is going to be the one to carry the evidence. But someone that had to believe in a different manner that in some ways would be diff more difficult even because he wasn't, <laughs> he had to believe that the Holy Spirit was active and in so much impregnated his soon-to-be wife. I can't wrap my mind around that, but here's Joseph, smack dab in the middle of a miracle. But it was the beginning of something that looked pretty bad. You ever were in the middle of something that was very gloomy, very difficult to understand how and why this happened? Can you imagine Joseph's like, he's got a plan, right? Joseph's got a plan. I got me a beautiful bride. I'm going to marry her. You know, we got this plan thing. Like we got to save the date was in the mail, right? He sent the E, you know, E invite. You know what? Okay, there wasn't the invite. It was more like a mule invite maybe, camel invite. I don't know. But whatever that looked like, he sent it. You know, he told me, here's we go. And so Joseph now is faced with what do I do with what is in front of me and it gave out some characteristics free and clear on verse 19 he was faithful to the law he was a faithful man of God how many want to be faithful I want I don't just want you to think I'm faithful guess what I want God to say I'm faithful because he sees all the things that you don't right so for him to say faithful means so much more I appreciate your compliments and comments here and there and different things. But man, I don't do that for that. I do it so that he would say, Tony, you've been faithful. 
Yeah? So for God to call him faithful is a big deal. Then not only that, he didn't want a disgrace because nowadays, how many realize in the area of social media now, you can disgrace somebody pretty quickly. Worldwide disgrace. It used to be like, pick up a phone and call someone and tell them off. Right? Or write them a scathing letter with ink. Remember ink? It's amazing. Remember ink? Paper. Remember that? Come from trees. Remember that? Now you can instantly worldwide embarrass somebody with a picture posted, a comment posted, or an angry emoji. Darn those angry emojis. My husband and I are happily married. Angry emoji. What? How dare you? You can just rip somebody apart. No, no, he didn't want to disgrace Mary because love doesn't disgrace. He loved her. He didn't want to disgrace her. He's a man of integrity, man of righteousness, self-control even. He had settled all this before the angel came. He was going to do this before he had proof. This is a character thing. Third thing that mentioned right there in verse 19, plain as day, he wanted to divorce her quietly. And so we look at that, that whole scenario. What a man. What a righteous man. Honoring and self-disciplined to do that. Not to mention loving. But let me be clear. The world would have lit her up on social media. I was in prayer today. She's at the coffee house. She took a picture of her devotional and her coffee. She took a picture. I was in my devotions today, and the angel of the Lord told me that I'm pregnant, and it's God's baby. Hashtag, you're not going to believe what happened. Right? That would simply, there would be a lot of people going, wait, time out. She done lost her mind. Somebody pray for Mary. You know Mary, right? Y'all know Mary? Pray for her, because she just posted something. So right off the bat, the plans that she had were now exposed. And now she has two choices. One, go with it, or two, run away from it. I don't know exactly how you run away from it, but I do know this. They believe God. They believe God. Joseph believed God. Mary trusted God. And there's a chance that people look at this prophecy as a as a, this prophecy as a metaphor, and never realized that God actually came to them, and God actually came to Earth. He physically came so you could have hope today. He physically came so you could have life today. He was born for hope. There was a high cost for the Savior to be born. Yes. So here's a couple thoughts I want to share with you. And this is what comes out of this storyline that I think will teach us hope for the family. Are you ready? Number one, you can plan, but only God can prosper. You can plan, but only God can prosper. See, Joseph and Mary had a great idea. I love you. You love me. What should we do about it? Let's get married. That was the plan. I got a different plan. I need to give you something. The greatest gift that God can ever give man, I need to implant that in your womb. 
the ridicule that you're about to embark on. I don't know how you process that in, internally. But they had a plan that wasn't God's. But God's plan always prospers. You ready? Things turned dramatically when this thing had taken place and all their plans were out the window, but not all plans. God's plan was just beginning. Their plan had kind of taken a turn, right? Would you honestly say that? That their, ten, their, their plan probably took a left turn, hard left, hard left? But God's plan was just beginning. You see, there's always room for God's plan. You've got to make room for God to work. See, we have a, an agenda every Sunday that we plan out, but we always got to leave room for God. We always got to leave room for God, and that's what we specifically try to do. We have a plan, but if God wants to alter it, so be it, God. Amen? Hope was born, and in order for hope to be born, somebody had to be inconvenienced. Somebody had to be inconvenienced, and God's plan isn't always convenient. I want to tell you that today, the couple that had everything mapped out was in the front row of hope being born. They got front row to the Messiah. You can't get better seats than that. Imagine the day before the Super Bowl, you trying to get 50-yard lines tickets for free. The day of the Super Bowl to get tickets it is virtually impossible. I mean, beyond impossible for a lot of men. In this stage, this is the most amazing place you could be at. God's saying, I love you so much and I trust you so much that I'm going to give you the greatest gift to carry. Wow. But it's inconvenient. Listen, if you want God's blessings, there are times that things will, look at me, things will be inconvenient. God's blessing doesn't always label itself as convenient. God's blessings doesn't always turn out to be in your timeline. But I promise you today that if you trust God's plan, his plan will prosper. Let your hope in me, not your hurts, shape your future. I believe the Holy Spirit whispers that to each of us today. Let your hope in me, not your fears, not your hope in man, but let your hope in me drive you to believe me and shape your future. The greatest honor and the greatest gift God can give Joseph and Mary was tied to the biggest inconvenience of their lives, hands down. Bar none. Sometimes your inconvenience is tied to your greatest opportunity. Number two, your trials don't define your purpose. This story has told me as I was preparing this message, I'm talking about hope. As I was preparing this message, this story told me that your trials don't define your purpose. Just because I'm going through this, this is not going to define the rest of my life. My trial is shaping me. So I can walk out the promises of God the rest of my life. My trials don't define me. My trials shape me. 
My trials don't define me. My trials shape me. Your trials are not a sum purpose of your life. They sharpen your life. I'm going to say that again. Your trials are not the sum purpose of your life. They sharpen your life. Your trials don't define you. They sharpen your purpose. Someone once said, people need someone to love, something to do, and something to hope for. I believe it. We all need someone to love, something to do, and something to hope for. And when people have someone to love and something to do, but nothing to hope for, those are the ones that still take their lives. There's no reason. I know someone loves me. I know someone, I know there's things to do, but I have no hope. They're willing to bail. I have no reason. But I want to tell you today, there is hope in Jesus. There is hope in Jesus. Somebody say amen. Don't fall asleep on me. Come on. You were called for this moment. You were called to furnish a movement with your gifts. Did you know that? Every gift God has given you, every person, everybody check their pulse. You know how to check your pulse? If you don't have a pulse, see an usher immediately. Immediately. If you have a pulse, you found it, you have a purpose. There's not a person in this room, at least as far as I know, that doesn't have a pulse. You're resting your eyes, you're praying, I get it. Wake up, wake up, here we go. If you have a pulse today, you have a purpose. And so I want you to realize that your great calamity, the thing you're dealing with today, doesn't define you. You see, years ago there was a crowded theater in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The projector had malfunctioned. The film snapped and the house lights came on. Acting on and there, this young boy by the name of Michael jumped in front of the restless crowd in that theater and took center stage. Because he took a joke and shared the crowd, the people from the theater tried to remove him. The crowd said, no, no, don't remove him. His name, Michael Jr. Christian comedian, worldwide comedian, Michael Jr. He took a moment of calamity and turned it into opportunity. It was that moment that defined him. Go to his website, he'll tell you. That moment that that projector went south was the moment that gave him a chance to recognize his gift. What are you about to recognize because of what you're going through? If you don't know what it is, ask God. God, what, what do I need to know about what I'm going through right now? Because you can be better, not bitter, after this circumstance. You see, hope insists that there's something better awaiting us. Hope insists that there's something more, something to hope for. So your job situation's not great. So your housing situation, stuff went down in your home. Stuff went down in your work. Stuff went down in your relationship. I want to tell you, hope tells us that there's something more awaiting us. How many believe in hope today? How many have hope today? That you and your family and that whoever it is that you're, that you're walking life with, I want you to know something. And here's a third thought I want you to jot down. Number three, your message contains a miracle. Your message 
contains a miracle. If there's one thing I know is that where there is hope, there is faith. And where there is faith, a miracle can happen at any time. Yes? I'm going to say that again. What I know is that where there is hope, there is faith. And where there is faith, a miracle could happen at any time. Friend, I believe that Joseph and Mary were handpicked, not just because of their circumstance, but because of their faith. They took this inconvenient moment and turned it into a miracle. They allowed it to flow in their lives. Listen, take whatever has come your way and allow that moment to turn into a miracle. Sometimes you have to marinate the moment for it to turn into a miracle. I'm Latino. Being Puerto Rican, I understand marinating is very important. Okay? When it comes to food, marinating is very important. Yes? How many got, how many, amen? Some of you just woke up. Welcome back. Did he say marinate? What are we doing now? Sometimes you have to marinate in the moment and say, God, okay, I see this. I don't like it. It is inconvenient. It it, it hurts. It stings. But what are you teaching me right now? Stop running from the moment and marinate the moment. Because marinating the moment can turn into your miracle. Friend, I'm telling you, don't run from it, but understand it. Embrace it even. The story of Joseph and Mary shows us that your prep will strengthen your step. The way you prepare will help you in your journey of life. Your prep will help you take the next step. Because you believed before the trial happened, the prep that happened behind the scenes, listen, you don't learn how to shoot a gun in the middle of war. Yes? You should have went to boot camp. You should have been well aware how to put the magazine in. You should have known how to aim. You should have known how to shoot. We have police officers that uh, here in the church. Did you learn on the job how to shoot? Hopefully not. No. You learn before you go out because you got to be prepared for anything, right? Christian Prepare today. Prepare today for a great miracle. Say, Pastor Tony, this is a trick question. Because that means I got to go through something like Joseph and Mary did. No, not necessarily, but you will go through trials. Jesus never never promised you won't go through trials. He, He said, in fact, you will. You will. Just take it to the bank. Just trust it's going to happen. The question is, are you prepped for the next step? Are you prepped for that next moment, that inconvenient moment that will define you? See, your your problem doesn't define you. It can, but if you believe your problem won't define you, how you react to it will. And if you don't have this as your foundation, then you will react out of the flesh and you will reap the flesh. But you react in the spirit and you will reap the spirit. Are you with me? So what am I talking about? Your message contains 
a miracle. The fact that God trusted them with this miracle had to come to the front line of their minds at some point. God, you trust me too much. How many ever prayed that before? I've prayed that before. God, if this is a trust moment, you trust me too much. (laughs) You ever felt like that? I have. Like, God, you're trusting me too much right now. Let the fact that God trusted you with his Holy Spirit do something right now to elevate the next step in your faith. See, if you are hopeless today, know that God has shown favor on you. And like Job, how many remember Job's situation? Job said this. I want to put this up on the screen. You will be secure because there is hope. You will look about you and take your rest in safety. Watch this. You will lie down with no one and no one to make you afraid. And you will, and many will court your favor. You know what it's saying here? When you trust God, he will be your security. And no matter what you do, no fear will conquer the favor God has put on your life. You following this? I would take words, anything that Job said, because first of all, the moment he was about to face, right before he was about to face what he was going to face, God said, I have one that is perfect and upright. He will stay faithful to me. And the enemy, Satan, said, well, then let me strip him. God gave him that okay. Stripped him of everything. And God was proven true. You know what? Your trial does not define you. Job stood upright and faithful to God. He showed the favor of God. There's two quotes from two individuals I want you to hear. And I don't think I have this on the screen. One was by Pastor Andy Stanley. He says this, Jesus is the hope of the world, and the local church is the vehicle of expressing that hope to the world. Second quote, outside of the cross of Jesus Christ, there is no hope in this world. That cross, that resurrection, at the core of the gospel is the only hope for humanity. Wherever you go, ask God for wisdom on how to get that gospel in, even in the toughest situations of life. Ravi Zacharias. And I got one more quote, and this one's found in the Bible before you in Romans. Those two quotes, fantastic quotes. But this quote is even better. Romans 1, excuse me, Romans 5, verse 1 through 5. And I want you to look up at the screen and follow along as I read this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained what? access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God not only so but we also glory in our sufferings wait scratch that wipe that out please don't put that in the covenant partnership right I must glory in the sufferings that's hard but that's in there can't wipe it out he goes on to say because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out onto our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us 
I could preach a whole sermon just on that. Come on, somebody. I mean, know what I'm talking about. That right there is so full. I mean, it's just full of so many things I could say, but I'll say this. Christ, through Paul, writing to the church of Rome, says this to us because we have to realize that we have to understand that hope is in the middle of everything and how we respond to God. Because I hope in God, I will read his word. Because I hope in God, I will pray. Because I hope in God, I will not just talk to one person about my faith and say, hey, I'm evangelized, that's it. But I will constantly share my faith in situations. See, they may not believe your church. They may not believe your Bible. But they, man, they have to believe your testimony. It's yours. Come on, somebody. How many know what I'm talking about? He believes not because your church, not because your Bible, but because of your testimony. She believes not because of your church or the wonderful leadership and this, that. She believes because you open your mouth and what comes out of your mouth is a testimony of hope, not a testimony of despair. A testimony of hope says no matter what I'm going through, the message of hope always is at the tip of my tongue. Can you imagine how difficult it is to have hope when you're looking at a situation like Joseph and Mary? How could I hope God right now? How could God come to me and ask me this? How is that even okay? How is that even processed? I don't get it. I don't get it. But here's what I do get. I understand that the hope that we have has been given to us and the Holy Spirit that lies within us, the Holy Spirit that lies within us is offering us hope. So with that, I'm going to ask you in this room to listen to one more quote, and I'm going to ask us to pray. And this quote is by J.I. Packer, a man that I've read his book when I was 16 years old. I read a book called Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Messed me up. I had to read it multiple times to understand it because I was 16 and a New York education. Okay, three people got that. J.I. Packer said this quote, the Christmas message is that there is hope for ruined humanity, hope of pardon, hope of peace with God, hope of glory, because at the Father's will, Jesus became poor and was born in a stable so that 30 years later, he might hang on a cross for you and for me. He was born for hope. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Would you bow your heads for me for a moment? Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your hope. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you trusted. You trusted us enough to go through what we're going through. And you sent Jesus to be born for hope. Born for us to be restored to you. Lord, I'm not foolish enough to think that Jesus was born just so that I can, ex can be restored, but that we would restore our worship back to our God. 
Lord, I pray today in Jesus' name, help us to trust you and hope in you and believe in you in Jesus' name. I thank you that there is no God like you. There is no one born for hope like you, Jesus, were born for us. Because you were, we are. Because you were born, we have life more abundantly. In Jesus' name.